Hello and welcome to another episode of A German and a Catholic Go to a Movie. And this week we'll be reviewing the hopefully final episode or final chapter in the Halloween saga, the movie Halloween Ends. Until the next remake in uh, five years. <laughs> Till Halloween, the new beginning. I think there's already been one. <laughs> is there something? They just call the, when they start a remake, they just blandly call it Halloween, I noticed. Did they? Oh, they did too, because they they started it again and they forgot all the previous plot. And Yeah, it's like it never happened, I guess. Yeah, so Sometimes. I'm looking forward to the day when Jamie Lee Curtis is fighting off Michael Myers with a Zimmer frame. <laughs> it's almost getting to <laughs> that point now. Now, I can remember the original Halloween, and I can remember Halloween and Friday the 13th came out at about the same time. You were either in the Friday the 13th camp or the Halloween camp, and I have to say I was in the Friday the 13th camp because the kills were more gruesome. And that was a bit of a thrill at the time. Like, that was something we hadn't really seen a lot of before. So Michael Myers was a little bit more psychological, a bit more art house, just a little bit. Yeah. And, no, those days are pretty much gone now, and it's just become a horrible American franchise where they're trying to wring the living daylights out of it while there's a buck to be made. And, of course, they always can coincide it with Halloween itself, so it becomes a little bit of a, an institution and a round of, you know, every two years or so, a Halloween movie is released in Halloween. Now, this, I would have to say, is a really unusual film and a very unique instalment. There will be spoilers in this review simply because it's hard to review it and talk about it without giving things away. I would agree with Jared that it's, if you want to watch the movie, I would go into it with knowing, knowing as little as possible. Personally, I can say already I quite liked it. It's a very different kind of movie. But Jared and me, I think we cannot uh, dig deep into the material without uh, spoiling the hell out of it. Maybe the quick summary without spoilers. So the Halloween Ends is the final part of the newest trilogy and probably about the 20th uh, sequel to Halloween. And it started, I think, around five years ago with uh, Michael Myers, the legendary shape, the Halloween killer, escaping um, about 35 years, I guess, after the original uh, Halloween. So the first part of the new trilogy, uh, just called Halloween, uh, which was aired about, I think, five years ago, starts with Grandpa Michael Myers escaping from prison around 35, 40 years after the happenings of the original Halloween night. And of course, he returns to Huddingfield, the uh, Haddonfield, sorry, <laughs> the legendary town uh, of the Halloween happenings and uh, is out for killing people and uh, actually killing Laurie Stradas, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, who survived the original Halloween night. Now, the first part I find is a bit of a basically more or less remake of the original Halloween with a bit of a twist ending because Laurie Stratus becomes like a Sarah Connor from Terminator and uh, fights Michael Myers quite heavily. Then there's the second part of the trilogy. We talked about it in our podcast, by the way. Just go mm -hmm. back to an older episode. Came out last year and it's basically about Michael Myers slashing his way through all of the town. It's more of an action movie and personally for me, the weakest part of the trilogy. And uh, now the last part of the trilogy, Halloween Ends, which takes place four years actually after the last one. So they do quite a time jump. After the first one, I would say being a classical horror remake, the second one being an action movie. This one is almost a bit of a, like a coming of age mystery okay. love story um, and with a bit of horror, but not not a lot of Michael Myers. And so it's a very interesting installment. I'm going to leave it at that before we spoil. To me, it just seemed like a combination of like a teen romance 
a reality series, a soap opera, and then a slasher movie in the last 20 minutes. Like, it was a really strange blend. I can see why, generally, it hasn't got very good reviews, and it's not related, It's not rated very highly on IMDb. Yeah. I can sort of see why, because yeah. it's really not in the spirit of the other movies. It would have been almost better if it was a standalone movie, I think, without any reference to Halloween. But I just feel... It suffered from a few logic problems, and I know horror movies aren't supposed to be particularly logical, but I thought there were a lot of them in this one. It's just, look, I, I enjoyed it, but I just kept wishing it was more like a Halloween movie. I was first a bit surprised of the negative ratings. I didn't check anything before I went into the movie, and I really liked it, and I was a bit surprised by the ratings, but um, thinking a bit about it and uh, hearing your points now, you can, I can understand why it's it's a movie I think you either like or you hate because it might even betray a little bit the, the Halloween franchise. There's not really a lot of Michael Myers in it. It's just a very different movie and I agree with you. It might have even been a better movie as a standalone movie. I think it's also a little bit the problem of our time that oftentimes you need like a big IP, a big name, a big franchise to produce a big movie or to sell a big movie. So if people want to do something different, you kind of sometimes it feels like you have to use like a, a big franchise and then install a very different movie in it. I didn't like necessarily the way the film was framed with her writing her memoir about the whole thing. Yeah, so that was a it was weird. kind of and it was very oh, look, I, it was kind of really American Oprah, you know, like. Now that the evil is gone, the healing can begin. You know, it was just like, what? I just thought, you know, it just had a real, you know, like American pop psychology thing to it, which is fine, but just not what you expect to see in that sort of movie. And also, I think they were almost trying to build the romance into, like the romance between her daughter, Alison, and the sort of new Michael Myers, a guy called Corey Cunningham, is kind of the mainstay of it, but there's not enough chemistry between those two actors and they're not good enough actors to really push it through, I thought. I like the guy, to be honest. Yeah. He was better than the girl, that's for sure, yeah. who played Alison. Um, because I can imagine, like I do it with podcasts as well, there are quite a few listeners who are not going to watch the movie at least in the next time. It's, by the way, out in cinema right now, everywhere, I think. But uh, maybe we should tell a little bit about the story for the ones who just want to listen in and uh, know what we are talking about. So basically, this movie starts out very different. You have a male babysitter and you um, he's taking care of that one boy. And of course, you think like, and it's the uh, Halloween night 2019. So it is like uh, four years ago, like the original Halloween uh, in the in the other in the two previous movies, the original Halloween night. And you, of course, think, ah, okay, something's going to happen. Michael Myers is going to kill them both or going to kill the babysitter. But then it turns out that the boy is really a little asshole. So you kind of almost wish for him to die and ooh, wish be granted. The babysitter accidentally kills him while the parents come into the house. So it's a shocking beginning. I, I don't know what did you think about the beginning, but I really liked the beginning. It was already very subversive. Yes, I thought that was really interesting too because I remember thinking, oh, it's good they've kind of, instead of a, a nubile co-ed, you know, running around, they actually had a guy and he ends up accidentally killing the child. I didn't think the child would die either. I was hoping he would yeah. because he was really annoying, but he does. And, and they, talk, uh, they talk about it. They say, like, oh, Michael Myers never kills the children. He always kills the babysitter. That's kind of where the kind of interesting parts end, I felt, a bit for this. But 
Gregor, were you ever a male babysitter back in the day? No, not really, I have to say. I only gave a little bit like, uh, how do you say, tutoring. That was also more with my girlfriend together because I think uh, me alone, I would probably been too stupid to even teach a kid uh, or to bed in school to teach a kid eight years my minor. But um, I never had the pleasure to do babysitting. Did you ever? I have a male babysitting story. Of course, of course I do. Of course, of course look, I do. I imagine, I imagine a young Jared looking like uh, the guy in the movie. Exactly as handsome, of course. <laughs> yeah, not quite. His, um, uh, his name, by the way, is uh, Corey, by the way, and the actor's name is Ron Campbell. Yes, basically, when I was a young babysitter, okay, I used to go and look after these two kids that lived across the road, and the parents used to go out, and the kids were quite small, they were like, eight and seven and I would have been 15 so anyway I did it a a few times and I used to just stay overnight and then the next morning I'd go back to my home they had a pool out the back so we're jumping around in the pool and anyway the little boy comes up to me and goes what sex (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I was like, oh, um, oh, you should ask your parents about that, you know. Like, you were like, and then I wish gr- I knew a bro. And then the girl gets up and goes, he doesn't know what sex is, you know. And I was like, well, you know, like he's very young and, you know, that's when people love each other. But you should ask your parents and, you know, we probably shouldn't talk about that. Anyway, so, of course, they twigged that I didn't want to talk about it. So what they were doing is they were jumping off the diving board and yelling sex into the air and going into the pool. <laughs> And so all the neighbours, you know, like, because it was the small country towns, all the neighbours around, and the kids kept doing it and yelling it out and everything, and eventually they stopped. And the next morning I woke up and I said, look, I just want to tell you that, like, just in case any of the neighbours say anything, that, you know, your kids were asking me what sex was and yelling it out when they were jumping in the pool and everything. And they're like, oh, okay. And they never asked me to babysit again. Oh, God. I know, and I thought I was being really mature and telling them. In retrospect, yeah. I should have just said nothing. Yeah. But I thought, oh, no, I better say something because the neighbours might have heard these kids yelling yeah. sex while I'm jumping around in the pool with them. But I just sort of made it really awkward, you know what I mean? Like, they'd just smile at me and wave, and before they'd talk, or I'd go over there for dinner with the family and stuff. It was really awful, but it was kind of funny too. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic Jared story. You always get the right story. thing, but... Uh... An ordinary situation goes horribly wrong. (laughs) They probably still talk about it. You remember that creepy babysitter we once had? Yeah, there was something with sex. I don't remember anymore. (laughs) Yeah, just as well we got away from him. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so he's a male babysitter who's considerably, although the actor who plays it, they've tried to make him look a bit awkward and stupid, but it's not working because he's extremely good looking. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. I did buy it for about like the first five minutes. And then later do the movie, you're like, oh, God, everyone in this town looks like a fucking model, of course. So Corey accidentally kills this child and then gets reputation as like a, a murderer. And there's sort of this crossing over between him and Michael Myers. And then, of course, you know, it eventually transpires that Michael Myers is back in town, living in a drain of all places. He's basically sort of killing people, but mainly homeless people, I thought. So no one was really noticing all that much. And eventually Corey Cunningham basically gets pushed over a bridge by some young hoodlums and Michael Myers drags him into the drain and they form an allegiance. It's like he possesses him, I guess. It's not really Corey's fault, but uh, yeah, it's like kind of possessed and he's like kind of Michael Myers Jr. now or something, right? But he's actually having a relationship 
God, this is the part I couldn't quite understand. Laurie's daughter, Alison, is actually having a relationship and is wildly attracted to him because, you know, her sister was killed by a psychopathic murderer, so why not be attracted to one? She just looks like a a model and uh, is probably by far the the most beautiful in in the next 50 miles uh, radius, yeah. And, of course, and the mother, like, Laurie is really, well, if you like him, (laughs) you know, she's not saying, don't go near that guy, he's, you know. But to be fair, she's the grandmother now. That's what gets oh, confusing. Oh, that's right. She's a grandmother. So we should the maybe world's have the strongest that. grandmother would appear. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So for all of you that haven't seen the previous part, so Jamie Lee Curtis basically has a, a daughter and a granddaughter. And um, she was estranged from her daughter because she was obsessed with Michael Myers and she prepared like for over 30 years for Michael Myers' return. And that's how she becomes this like um, Sarah Connor Terminator 2 character in the first one of this trilogy. In the second part, then her, they kind of, or in the first part, they kind of reconnect. So Jamie Lee Curtis, her daughter, and then her granddaughter, which is now um, uh, Alison, who we talk about. And uh, then in the second part, so the last part of this, uh, the, the previous part of this trilogy, sorry, it gets a bit confusing. Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter and Alison's mother gets uh, killed by Michael Myers. And now it's like a grandmother, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, her niece, um, uh, sorry, her grandchild, um, Alison, live together. And she's kind of like her mother replacement, I guess. But she really is the world's strongest grandmother, I have to agree, Jared. Yeah, it was pretty insane. And they had another unusual angle in this movie where they were trying to show the effects of loss on people. Did you notice that? Like yeah. when the woman is approached her in the car park, basically yeah. approaches Jamie Lee Curtis in the car park and says, you know, my son died because you couldn't leave it alone. And Jamie Lee Curtis just sits there and yeah. takes it. And he felt like saying, well, you know, my she could have just said, well, my daughter died and half my friends were killed. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. You know, which is I was expecting you to take that angle. But yeah. She just went just went quiet and looked somewhat guilty. So they sort of had a more emotional content to it. It was a little bit, although in parts I felt it was a little bit almost Tarantino-esque in the way it was structured. Yeah, almost a bit episodic, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit episodic and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It wasn't as dark as like, literally visually not as dark as a lot of the other ones, but there was a lot of saturated colours, you know, a lot of lights and Mm. bright lights and it had a different look. Yeah. You know, it wasn't all taking place in dark hospitals and dark places. I mean, it obviously takes place at night. But everyone had the lights on for a start, which was a bit of a shock. And yeah. there is some darkness in it, don't get me wrong, but I basically felt even colour-wise and the art direction of it was very different from, from a Halloween movie. Yeah, I agree. It uh, it had elements of like a, yeah, for example, It Follows, which we referenced uh, in the last <laughs> podcast. There are some good indie horror movies in, in the last 10 years who they kind of pay homage to this 70s horror look but have their own modern look um and i find this movie goes very much within it where a little bit you also you don't see people using a lot of modern um, technology they drive without helmets on like an old motorbike they try to get like a timeless feel that you couldn't really say is this movie like nowadays or is it in the 70s which i like from the look sometimes story-wise it bothers me a bit because for example, you have these teenagers who are bullying Corey and how are basically throwing him down a bridge. That's how he get caught by Michael Myers and possessed by him. And it's like these teenagers 
I like straight out of a 70s movie, like a caricature. It's like, come on, it doesn't exist anymore. And now it's like, of course, it's like a hipster looking teen and there's a black girl and there's another girl. And it's like, come on, that's ridiculous. They, and they no one pulls a phone out when they're bullying. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That is what I don't like. I, uh, it threw me a bit out of the story with this ultra mean people, you know, this ultra mean teenagers where it's like, what the fuck? Like the and the guy gets cut in his hand uh, in their first encounter, and it's like, you know, people would like, oh shit, and then call like the police or whatever, and there it's just like, uh, yeah, you fucker. Next time we see you, we're gonna kill you. And like, wait, is this two twenty two or is this like uh, nineteen sixty or whatever? I never really thought of it that way, but I think it's a really interesting point to make. And it, it, now you mention it, it's true. And I also thought none of the young people seemed to have any electronic interests at all. Yeah, yeah. None of them. You know, they're all into motorbikes and and hanging around like the service station causing trouble. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, teenagers just don't do that. Driving around in their cabriolet and hanging around the service station. It's like, dude, now kids drive on their fucking e-scooter and hang out on their smartphone all the time. They don't care about the... I mean, I'm being, of course, uh, half joking now, but there's not a lot of real world interaction going on. I mean, I can tell that much. I thought the relationship between Corey and Alison just never got intense enough to believe that they were going to run away together. It sort of yeah. started off as they were like kind of attracted to it. You thought, well, they might just have sex or something like that, but they didn't even have that as far as I could tell. Next minute he's saying, let's just leave, let's just go. Yeah. And it's like, does anyone do that anymore? You know what I mean? Like, you know, they'd just move in with each other and that'd be done. And They would just have left already. That's also what I don't get. It's like they are in this town since four years. So it's been four years since Corey accidentally killed a little child and four years since Michael Myers killed half of the town and killed uh, Ellison's mother. And they just, they just stay in the town because, oh, my God, behave in, in 220. You can't uh, just move into another city and... It's it's like, you know, that's another thing where it's like, are we in the 50s where it's like uh, you need to take a um, 10 day bus ride to move into the next big city or something? I find American movies have a lot of that sort of thing. Movies in the 90s, they'd have that sort of thing where they'd go, you know, you got to make it out of Jersey. You know, you got to got to get out of Jersey. And they'd be in New York, which is an hour and a half on the train. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I always used to think. Is this the uh, their idea of getting out of that small town? You know, we're going to get out of Philly. Where are we yeah. going to go? New York. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's only two hours away. It doesn't matter. And you're already like in a city of five million people or something, and then like in a whole uh, region of like twenty million people connected by various cities, and they're acting like you live in Broken Hill uh, in the outback to make a, a Aussie reference. I know, and I just moved from Sydney to the coast. And that's like seven hours away. We could do a horror movie in your town because I think it's really hard to move out there without being uh, attacked by a kangaroo, bitten by a shark, or uh, getting, <laughs> getting uh, swamped by flooding or bushfires. All at the same time. All at the same time. <laughs> well, like I said this morning, I went walking across the road and there was a kangaroo came out and we were looking at each other. And I thought, I wonder if that kangaroo is going to knife me. <laughs> but it didn't. It just hopped away after we looked at each other for a little while. So that was nice. Since it's called Halloween Ends. So what did you think about the, the ending, how it, how it ends? I just thought, like they thought, oh, gee, we better put something. We better have some action in this. Mm. Then basically Michael Myers shows up at the house. Corey gets killed. 
as you'd expect, Jamie Lee's character and Michael Myers have a God almighty fight all over the house. You know, she's not young anymore, and Michael Myers certainly wouldn't be either. I was having a bit of fun watching to see where the stunt doubles took over like, during the fight. I was like, oh, that's a stunt double now. Oh, that's a stunt double for here. That's a stunt double. She does actually manage to kill him, and then they basically take him to a car yard and put him through, like, a crusher compactor machine just to make sure, just to make sure he's dead. I like that, yeah. But at least they actually made sure that he was yeah. dead. Like because, I thought... Uh... I know I was saying uh, to me in the cinema, like, why don't they cut off his head? And well, they made sure this time. Yeah, and you literally do see him go down in the compactor. It's quite interesting to see. I thought that was yeah. quite visually quite interesting. Basically, the, the whole town takes his body out because the whole town's against him. But you'd think one of the policemen would have gone, whoa, this is murder. You know what I mean? Like, once again, it's that thing. Someone would have been recording it on their phone. You know, they wouldn't all just go, the whole town is going to go yeah. to the car yard and watch him get crushed, and no one recorded it. Tonight, this is how we do it, Jared, to quote the police. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once again, it's that weird ignorance of technology. that No one had their phones on when they were going there. No one recorded it. No one was going to get in trouble, and they were going to yeah. do their own form of justice. But on the other hand, I have to say... I agree totally with the missing of technology, but that they do it and the police went through with it. I kind of like because it's always being criticized in this movie. That's like, my God, this guy is like a monster. You need to make sure he's dead. You know, you need to not just put him in police incarceration or leave him in the burning house. I'm sure he's going to die. And this time they went like, okay, maybe we'll do an exception for that guy who killed about, I don't know, 30 people in this town or something. At least they give the us, the viewers, who I guess would be complaining either way, they give him, give us some closure in that regard. I, I like that. It's a solid end. And there's not like a secondary character, like a child that's, you know, possessed yeah. or something like that. Yeah. He's definitely over. And then, of course, she finishes off her memoir know that evil is gone or evil is dead and i thought oh that's pretty boring but anyway there is a little tiny hint in the end but i i like that it's only very subtle because what happens is just before uh Lee curtis and her daughter then in the end allison managed to kill michael myers he manages to grab her in the neck like he grabbed cory before and how he possessed Corey. So you were thinking, oh, now he's going to possess Jamie Lee Curtis. And there is something happening, but kind of before it's completed, at least you're not quite sure, but you think they managed to kill him. I was thinking, oh, please don't show a last scene where it's super obvious that Jamie Lee Curtis is now the new Michael Myers or something crazy like this. But the only thing you see in the last shot is you see her living room and you see Michael Myers' mask lying on the um, living room table. I don't even remember that. Which, which I thought was a really good shot because it would give a hint maybe she is possessed, but it could also just mean uh, maybe some memories, some uh, <laughs> souvenirs. Yeah. Souvenir, like a symbol of the past. Yeah. Maybe it's, it would have been a... more interesting if during the fight scene they actually kissed and hooked up. There is always a weirdly... Um, kind of romantic physical. relationship about There's them. a weirdly physical bond between them, besides yeah. the fact they're both superhuman, even though they're like 60 plus. I have to say, okay, there's not a lot of Michael Myers in the movie. And it like how they use Jamie Lee Curtis in the movie, because she's not super present, I find. And she's no, kind she's... of used in the right doses, I thought personally. I think, of course, you can think about, yeah, is it realistic that a 70-year-old woman is still fighting around like nothing? Of course not. I did really like her in the movie. She's really good. She she really encompasses that role. And I think she takes it with the right mix of like self-irony, 
but also still enough seriousness that you believe it? Well, she's been playing that character for, you know, basically every few years for the last 40 years or something. I mean, yeah, but to be fair, so she was in the original and in the second one, right? But then there's basically a 20-year phase, then she's in age 20, where she dies, spoiler, which is apparently another Halloween timeline. And then she's not in it again for like 20 years. So it's not like she is famous for that, but it's not like she's played that character a lot in the last 40 years. She, she is quite believable, and she's believable as an older person too. I thought that was good. And she does, and I mentioned this in the, the last review we did for Halloween Kills, is that she does have a lot of star power. Like out of all those actors, I don't really remember anybody else but her. She's really got that old-fashioned yeah. draw that, you know, you don't, you just don't see it a lot now. And I'm not sure it's because maybe people aren't like that or the scripts aren't like that or maybe they're not promoted in that way. I would say, look, if you're after Halloween thrills, like you're probably not going to get too many thrills out of this, but it is still worth a look. So as far as a Shannon rating, I'd give it two and a half Shannon, an average film. Yeah, okay. I think we generally agree. I'm a bit surprised by your then relatively low rating in the end. I honestly really like the movie and it's really something different and I, at least, and I think you too, Jared, we both complaining a lot that it, there's not a lot of originality and everything has been done before. And um, yeah, and the uh, Halloween uh, 2018 was just kind of a remake of the original Halloween. So I really like when creators and then actors try something new. So I'm going to give this four out of five uh, Sterne, so vier von fünf Sternen because uh, I really liked it and it's something different and uh, give it a watch. Just maybe don't expect a classic Halloween movie. It's certainly not the film to put on if you've got a bunch of friends around and you want to watch a horror movie and it's Halloween yeah. and you want to spook yourself. It's not that film at all. Yeah, that is you know, true. So that I is wouldn't true. do that because everyone will be like, we've got to watch something else pretty quickly because it's, it's a more introspective film. Like yeah. It's definitely not a slasher in the way that you would expect a Halloween it's, film to be. It, it's quite depressing at times. Like, uh, I feel like you um, you really feel for the Corey character. But, and I and was the mother the that's always nagging him. And the, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but I want, maybe one thing, sorry, one thing I still wanted to add is I really like the soundtrack. I saved some songs actually to my playlist. I thought it's a, a personally great soundtrack. And then the... The movie soundtrack, by the way, is composed again by John Carpenter and his son. I know. I did see that at the beginning, and I thought I didn't even know he did the first one. So, but yeah, I thought that was really well done. That was an interesting little fact. I also yeah. thought they were both co-producers this time. Did you notice? I don't know if they were in the last one. Which yeah, might, I'm not sure either. Which might account for the slightly, I thought, softer approach to the story. You know, a more, you know, a memoir, a healing, a more sort yeah. of holistic approach to how the impact of the story and how people would work through it. I thought that was something that might have come in from Jamie Lee because it certainly wasn't evident in John Carpenter's versions, but that's a long time ago and he'd be a lot older now. Overall, yeah, not too bad, but I'm still looking for the, the quintessential horror movie for this year and I have yet to find it. So we might do another one next time, but who knows? Have you watched any any other horror movies in between? What I have been doing is watching YouTube and I'll put in like short horror films that, you know, people just make. Okay. Like people just do them for five. Like I often do them yeah. while I'm cooking dinner or something like that if I'm chopping up vegetables or something because they're 10 minutes. They always have like a little twist at the end. But one I would recommend that I quite like is called The Mannequin. 
and it's a girl that comes home from college. I think we even watched this. I think I might have even watched it with you. Um, and she comes home and there's a – her flatmate's missing and there's a Ouija board in her room and a freaky-looking mannequin. It only goes for 10 minutes, but I really liked it and thought it was, you know, it's certainly not groundbreaking, but I just thought for an amateur film, I enjoyed it. For a second, I thought you were referring to the fantasy romance movie, The Mannequin from 1987. The, yeah, you right. were recommending that a lot to me, but I'm not uh, getting through to it at the moment. <laughs> but uh, the short movie we saw, I thought it's really good. Um, maybe a recommendation from my side on YouTube short movies. Ari Asters, the guy who did Hereditary and Midsommar, he actually, uh, before, he uh, did uh, short movies for horror and he, he has a good movie on YouTube, just Google Ari Aster's short movie. And his newest um, feature film, I think coming out next year with Joaquin Phoenix, is actually based on his YouTube short film. So that will be interesting as oh, okay. well. Uh, one one movie I horror movie I watched in between watching a lot of horror movies, X. Um, yeah, you told me about that. You said it was really good. Yeah, it's... It is more of a um, classical, like, 70s horror movie. So if you want to have your slashing part, this is, I think, better. But um, it's it's okay. So it serves the purpose. I uh, I don't know. I like Halloween better because it's a bit more interesting. It does something different. But X is definitely a solid horror movie good time. You should give it a watch because it's... Uh, okay. Not to spoil too much, but there's some uh, weird crannies, uh, grandparents uh, around, and it's uh, it's quite funny in that way. So if you were thinking Jamie Lee Curtis is still fit for her age, then uh, this is definitely gonna this is pushing this to another level. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back with another review soon. So good night. Good night. Sorry, that was a bit of a long.